You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Humble the Poet, and we've already been having like the best conversations ever. I knew I was going to have a great conversation with you today because I just, you've gone hard for the big questions of life. And that is what I have been on a journey trying to do myself is understand what the actual F is going on here. And how do we navigate this? How do we become our highest self? How do we help others become their highest self? How do we love? How do we do this thing right? How do we do life right? Because it's so confusing and there's so many mixed signals coming at us and there's so many mixed feelings coming at us and there's all these emotions and you talk about a lot of emotions like envy and stuff, but there's like, there's just everything. It's just, you have to learn how to stay between the lines of what is going to elevate you and what is not. You have to go on a freak ton of journeys to figure it out and you have to go hard for it. And you have done that. And so I am so happy to be here with you. Humble the poet who has a new book called how to be loved. You say it like that. Loved. I just say how to be loved. And then, oh. and then I figure once people read the book, they'll, they'll, they'll get rid of the D. I love it. I love that. Yeah. It's both. It's like how to be loved, how to be loved. Yeah, just d- depending on what you care about. Yeah. You know, I think most of us want to be loved and the secret to that spoiler alert is to be loved. So talk to me about you. How'd you get here? <clears throat> um, I, I, I loved being in school. Like I, you, I do. Loved, you did. What did you love to learn? I think I loved the environment. I just loved how everything was new all the time. And it was like every every year you had a new desk and a new best friend and a new teacher and a new classroom and you know it was almost like life was a tv show and it was like you know whenever you watch a new your favorite tv show and then every season like your favorite characters came back with a new haircut and or something and it's just everything felt just new and refreshing and i think like the variety of life you like to see new things you want to be inspired yeah the width and the depth of life i think my my personal policy is like i am a i am a baseball glove like i need to be beaten up as much as possible before it's all said and done like i don't want to arrive to death safely i really want to experience this while i can cuz i do i do view life as a vacation from not existing so for me i think it's just really important to have that and i think as a kid i looked at it as school because it, that's what it was and i think all of us just had that dynamic and then the moment you get out of school is like you're you're supposed to plug yourself into one experience and do that for like 50 years and then die makes no sense 
makes no sense. Yeah, definitely not. So what I did was I stayed in school. I became a teacher. I was an elementary school teacher. And oh, so you could stay learning. Stay, stay in. learning. Yeah. And then have a job where it, it, I realize now, like, I wanted a job where I could do it forever and still say I've not seen it all or done it all. Um, and that's what I was feeling um, initially in, in that journey. And then once I got into that, I was also exploring art and I was doing spoken word poetry and you know just as a, a young guy that was our excuse to like go into the city and try to meet girls at coffee shops and do all that stuff so that 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 the spoken word stuff was was going really well i would just go to amateur nights or fun parts and it was a small community and you know i got kind of plugged into that what and would you speak thing. about what would you how would you get because i was talking to you earlier about my friend amara give love because i thought y'all knew each other yeah. but you don't but now you will she's a spoken word artist <clears throat> and mm -hmm. I like, I'm always just like enamored by what comes out of her mouth. How, what do you speak about? Like, and is it like, do you prepare it ahead of time? Is it like free flowing? Like, how do you know what, what's your, what was flowing from, what flows from you? Um, I think for me, the, the big idea was generally like when I learned something that I didn't know and I was excited to share it. So this is like, and, and then um, early back then, a lot of it was in the world of activism. I think I was as a teenager in high school exposed to kind of the world of activism and people challenging a system that I never thought needed to be challenged. You know, the idea that, oh my God, there could be police officers who aren't good apples. You know, there there could be governments that don't treat their people properly. These weren't things I was exposed to in my little bubble growing up. Um, and that there's people who live different lives that are completely different than me. And I was taught to have opinions on these people without meeting them and knowing them. And then all of a sudden, when I had one of those moments where it's just like, you know, I was pulled out of one of my bubbles, I felt like the whole world needed to learn that. It's kind of like the first time you hear Bob Marley and you want to be like, you walk up to somebody like, have you heard of this guy, Bob Marley? And, you know, the oh, I love him so much. I tattooed three little birds on my arm. I mean, that is, that is, that is, <laughs> that, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. And and you probably came across Bob Marley well after his time was 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 passed here. Oh, yeah. But, but there is this kind of feeling where you're like, I want everyone to know who he is, even though everyone knows who he is. And I felt like that's that's kind of what it felt like when I started learning all of this stuff. And I was I was surrounded by people who they weren't ignorant to this stuff. So they would just further deepen it. So I'd be like, oh, my God, I just learned about this dude named like Malcolm X. Have you heard of him? They're like, have you read his autobiography? I'm like, he has an autobiography. And then what? they... Yeah. And then I would like get the book and then read that endlessly. And then it would, it would start me down a path. And then I started like learning about people in music that would, you know, I think it was Wyclef had a song on his carnival album called Gunpowder. And that was the first time I heard a song talk about social activism. And I got excited about that. So I think it's, I used to write poems about just stuff and activism. So I think, you know, back then, for example, uh, what was it? So like Somali pirates were on the news. And then you learn that 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 whole these were not pirates these were fishermen whose you know who the water they were fishing in were was being uh polluted by by toxic waste coming from all these cargo ships and this was actually a reaction to that you're like oh that's not the story i was told in the news you know these these people were were vilified to me they were made to sound like these evil pirates without eye patches and they realized like, oh these are fishermen trying to trying to protect their water initially and then you know things change after and i think so something like that like the world needs to know so i started putting that in poetry and i would go to different poetry slams to perform that so for the longest time everything was around that and then i got into music um naturally you know i started doing writing poetry to, to music and then that turned into to rap and i started rapping about different things and i would rap on popular beats and just make it about a different social cause and whether I was talking about what was happening in Palestine and Israel, whether I was talking about what was happening in Sri Lanka at the time, uh, South Africa, um, Zimbabwe at that point, like their currency had crashed. And I watched a documentary about how every day they had to dig for gold just, just to find food because they would not accept any other currency. And I just thought this stuff was super interesting. And I started sharing it. Um, and at the same time, I'm working as an elementary school teacher. So now I'm trying to educate my little eight-year-olds about this and they're soaking it all in because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm their, I'm their world at that point. And, um, I didn't realize at the time that I was also becoming much more effective as a communicator because I was speaking to eight-year-olds and 
Oh, you wow. You've really got to break it down. Yeah. The and basic you, language. The basic, yeah, yeah. You're, you're pretty much packaging it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're figuring out how to take an idea and package it. And, and the educational idea was nothing is too complex. It's just how you package it. And I was learning, you know, I started, we started learning about like certain alternative schools that were like teaching six-year-olds how to use power tools, you know? And then again, it was like, this isn't too complicated for them as long as you break it down um, into segments and pieces that they can conceive. Like, that's all it is. How do you package it? Um, and with, and especially in Toronto and in Canada, at this point, they didn't hold kids back. So if you had a kid who, was, who wasn't doing well, you didn't fail them. Uh, they don't fail the grade. You keep pushing them up because you still believe in their socialization, but you have to accommodate their their lesson plan. So if I was teaching the third or the fourth grade, I would have kids operating at a, at a first grade level. I would have kids operating at a sixth grade level, and I would have to accommodate and create unique plans for them, meeting them where they're wow. at. Wow. So you're really good at stretching your mind. I mean, creative and learning. Yeah. And also just figuring out like, how do I say this as simply as possible? And, you know, the, the, the general rule, even for the, for the books now is the general rule is like no words bigger than mayonnaise. That was always like the, the funny rule, like don't make a word bigger than mayonnaise and then everyone <laughs> will be okay. And I started to realize that just kind of every little piece of experiences. And before all of this, I was like a telemarketer for like five years while I was in college paying, you know, paying my way. So it was like I it was always just I was always in the the world of communication and trying to get people to understand whatever I was trying to do, whether I was trying to sell them a newspaper subscription or do a survey about their fax machine or whatever I had to do for a living, and everything that came in that came into the art because I, I had developed ten thousand hours worth of things I didn't realize I had, and then I think once I got into hip hop, um, you know this was the time YouTube began started recording all my stuff. And then back then, you know, as a, it was, it was a brand new platform. Anybody who did anything got attention, and that started my journey into the arts. Um, and I thought I had a bunch of opportunities, so I let I left teaching to pursue the opportunities. Um, none of the opportunities, and and you know, you're in Nashville, another place where there's a lot of music happening. Um, the music industry isn't the uh, the most uh, above board industry oh yeah yeah it gives you a deep dive into the full spectrum of it all yeah so i got (laughs) i got that education very quickly oh so you went in with like high hopes of like the the what you thought it could be like the goodness that the industry would be and then you realize the underbelly the dark underbelly yeah because as a teacher you're you don't as a teacher like you're paid based on your seniority right and your seniority is based on time so it's like the teacher next door to me, if they've been working for five more years, they're getting five years worth of more money than me. And that's it. They're not my competition. There's nothing I can do to attract, yeah. you know, you know, we're all on the same team. And let's say I went to lunch or something and I got stuck and I'm running late. They care about the kids enough that they'll watch my class. Yeah. You know, there wasn't this like, oh, I'm going to let him fail in front of our It's really of the beautiful. Principal. It well, that's is. really beautiful. It was very communal, but <clears throat> that was a bubble in itself. That I lived in. Because so what do you think about the, the bubbles? The but but don't we have to make these bubbles for ourselves? Because I'm kind of the same as you. Like I grew up in a bubble, was very protected, and then went on mm-hmm. my own journey to like uncover what's happening in the world and you know, just make sense of it and see all the differences and try to understand it and try to get my own explanation of life. And but I have realized sometimes I need to go back into a bubble for like just safekeeping for a minute, just to like reboot, just to like recharge, you know, like it's almost like you have to go back into your cocoon for just a minute before you're ready to get your wings out again and fly and go spread the message and do the work. But like, I found that myself in like seasons with that, like I'm coming out of a cocoon season. Like I really, I really bubbled myself up these past few years. I think just because the world was so big and scary. It's like, sometimes I feel like I need that bubble. Do you ever feel that way? One thousand percent. I think it's more recognizing how often um, when the bubble pops, how often it's you're doing or or, or life's doing, because yeah. I feel like, you know, um, some of us get so comfortable in our bubble that we try our best to protect it, thinking that it'll never pop. Um, See, and that's the difference. I feel yeah. like to me, I want to build the bubble that I feel aligned to build. But then when that when that season's over, it's like it's time to move on. You know, and, and, yeah, and which I think is complete. Like you know, when we're kids, and you know, we venture out. You know, let's say you venture out to the playground with your with your parents, and then 
you know, you fall or you, you meet a mean kid, the first thing you do is run back to your parents. So you run back to what's safe and then you regroup yourself and then you go out again. You know, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like if you're learning how to swim, like you start out, you start at the wall of the pool and then you push yourself out. If it gets scary, you struggle to get back to the wall, but there's that wall, is, you know, your safe place. And, and the thing is, Doing it consciously is very different than doing it unconsciously. Like when I was a teacher, I didn't know I was in a bubble. I yeah. literally thought, you know, I, I was in this world of like, oh, I have talent. Anybody who recognizes my talent uh, is here to help me, you know, which is completely not the truth. Anybody who gives me a piece of paperwork that says they're going to pay me money to do work is going to pay me the paperwork, pay me the money, you know, which is not true. So these are things I didn't know. So when my bubble, when that bubble bursted for me, you know, I was choking on the fresh air, you know? Oh, wow. So I think, yeah. So I really think what I realized from that is, it's like, you can't avoid uncomfortable situations. You can't avoid, you can't avoid inconvenient truths. So what it is, is when you're in a good place, you know, voluntarily dive into this. And and that's why I love the yin yang symbol. Cause I think the yin yang symbol shows it really well. Um, You know, if you look at it as order and chaos and, you know, from, from order chaos is going to come that's where you have the little dot and 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 from chaos you can find order and i think the perfect balance of that is to have one foot in order one foot in what you know in the familiar and one foot in what you don't know oh i love that yeah Yeah, because you can't go all in you can't free fall because then you're not going to be able to be effective because you're just trying to like grab onto something exactly and you also can't have both feet in what's comfortable because now you're gonna that's when you get to monotony boredom depression Right. So you have and to also like that's when people start doing all the fighting for what they know is comfortable and like the disregarding yeah. of humanity and human the and, you echo know, chambers. All yeah. Of that. yeah. What is it? Wait, wait, what's echo chambers? Echo chamber. So like social media is an echo chamber. Right. So social yeah. media, the unintended consequence. So any social media platform that you have, let's say Instagram, for example, the company's goal is to just keep you on. Right. Yes. Now they're paying attention to your behavior, your subconscious behavior, and they're giving you things that you subconsciously want, not things that you think you want. You know, so you may say to yourself, uh, you know, I want videos about how to cook healthy breakfast because that's what I care about. I care about healthy stuff. But subconsciously, you really care about who Taylor Swift is dating or you care about gossip or whatever, which is like potato chips, like just addictive pieces of stuff. So social media picks up on that. Like the smartest people in the world work for these companies because they have all the money. So so they subconsciously create an experience for you to keep you endlessly scrolling. Yeah. Eating the potato chips. Eating the potato chips. But what they're also doing is by making the potato chips that they're feeding you um, won't change. So they're not here to give you new ideas because they don't, don't want you to leave. They don't want to challenge what you already know and already like, which puts you in a chamber of echoes. So then you're oh, only going to come across people. The same thing. It's yeah, like a frequency. So now, you're basically in a frequency field. Like it's like you're in a. Yeah, you're. you're yeah. You're in the like in an airplane then, when you go to an airport and you get in a tram. It's like you're going to the D tram tra- D stop. Everyone is using the D tram. Is just it's just circling around those same energy. Nothing's changing. Yeah. So then you're not coming across ideas that are different than yours. Mm. Um, you're not being challenged. You're not given healthy perspectives. So now. You know, let's say politically, for example, you're you're on one side of, you know, you you represent one party or you care about one party. You're not going to even be exposed to people on the other party. And oh. if you are, you'll be exposed to them in, in a certain light. So you might be like, oh, you know, I I believe uh, I believe in abortion. So now the only time I'm going to see somebody with a different opinion is most likely somebody making fun of them or somebody attacking them or somebody doing it that way. And it's really interesting because. I got fortunate through my life experiences just to meet people um, in organic ways, have organic life experiences with them, and then later on follow them on Instagram and then be like, oh, wow, had we met on Instagram first, I don't even think we'd be friends. We're on totally different sides of the planet. Mm-hmm. Then you start to see the content that they share, which is completely different. Like, you know, so and I'll use abortion as, 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 as an example because it's such a strong topic, but like, you know, people, you know, in, in my world, it'll be people saying, you know, don't tell a woman what to do with her body. It's a woman's choice. But then these people in their echo chambers, they have they're given videos of women saying, like, get pregnant and kill babies on purpose. And you're sitting there like, what? But, but the video is real. And you start to realize, like, 
they're getting pushed further and further into their anti-abortion views by getting this extreme content the same way we're given like well the the same politician who who was trying to outlaw abortion had three mistresses and he you know right yeah and and the thing is we're, we're both in echo chambers so everyone's just getting fed intensity to fuel their already belief and then it's just getting yeah. bigger and bigger so that's why things are getting more and more divided and exactly. people can back up their beliefs with all this evidence and proof because now it's everywhere but yet it's not a fair representation of what's actually really happening because like you're saying with yin and yang nothing's either you don't want complete chaos or complete order there's like this balance that has to happen and it's like we're yeah. not having the balance anymore. We're just dividing. It's, it's and, completely dividing. And I think it's, I think it was done unintentionally. As I said, I think the platform's only goal was to keep you on. You know, so they if you love country music, they just want to show you country music. If you loved chocolate ice cream, they wouldn't dare show you, you know, vanilla. And I think that just from a political standpoint, as people realize it's a great way to send messages and, and, and shareable memes, it turned into this. And, I, and again, I don't know the solution other than not being on social media. But that echo chamber in itself is a giant bubble and it's going to get very extremely inconvenient uh, to kind of get people out of that. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The thing is, though, I wonder if you can like raise your echo chamber vibration because like I used to be caught up in the like very just like superficial day-to-day world but then i started following a lot more thought leaders and like i'll run into people like you and i'll follow you and like i think this podcast has allowed me to meet so many like incredible thought leaders that like now i'm following all these different types of people so now my echo chamber though i am actually learning stuff because i follow people who are sharing really enlightening information so i feel like if you can maybe get above the base level it could be positive because i've learned actually a lot on it on instagram lately just because i've elevated who i follow if that makes sense yeah i mean i i agree to an extent i think i think social media is is probably i think probably the most valuable thing that i've noticed about social media it's allowing people to have an actual abusive relationship Um, how so what do you mean so, you know, like if, if you've ever met somebody or been in an abusive relationship yourself, you know, it's it's not you can't just be like, oh, get out. You know, they, they keep going back to their abuser. Um, and that's the same um, premise as to why people gamble. Right. So the reason people are addicted to gambling or addict, keep going back to their abuser is because it's un, it's unanticipated rewards. So when you're with somebody who who treats you poorly, you become addicted to. First off, you internalize everything, so you make it you make it your fault, right? Um, 
And at the same time, when it's good, it's really good. Mm. When there's a good day, it's really good. And you don't know when it's coming. And that's the same thing like pulling a slot machine. You pull the slot machine, lose, 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 lose. Oh, crap, I won. I should keep playing. And it's the same thing with Instagram. It's like you're flicking through Instagram. It's like, oh, that person, oh, that person's on vacation. I feel bad. Oh, somebody just had a baby. Uh, I want a baby. I feel bad. Oh, somebody just won an award. I wish I had that. Oh, FOMO. Oh, feeling left out. Oh, my God, a cute puppy. This made my entire day. <laughs> you know, and then you actually think about like how often those positive things are happening. And it's it's same, it's, it's like playing the slots. Or it's so like you're saying we're just seeing we're getting we're abusing our minds every day by all by, by torturing ourselves with what we're seeing because we can't live up to it. We can't have it or it just hurts us or we see suffering. We see injustice, you know, all these things. It's like but so we're just living in a torture chamber, really, until we get a moment of relief. But we're addicted yeah, we get to so we, we become dopamine addicts, right? Like we're addicted uh-huh. to the dopamine. And, and the thing is, we just don't know when it comes, right? Like the people play... Again, people gamble and they play the lottery because it feels better to like have unintended money that's coming, like unanticipated money versus knowing, okay, well, every two weeks, here's my salary. I know exactly what's coming. There's no reward there. There's no, mm. there's no surprise there, right? You get And there's no that. magic because it's like to, because to, people live in such like black and light worlds, they don't yeah. let the magic come in. So then it's also that element of like that, whoa, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. This is so out of the ordinary yeah, exactly. So and then, and in this situation in social media, it's like, but when it's not magic, it's it's chipping away at us, right? It chips oh, away okay. at our understanding of who we are. It also takes us, you know, it, it also really pulls on, you know, our primal heartstrings of being people pleasers. You know, we were in small societies for tens of thousands of years, and you had to keep your village or your community happy and contribute. Otherwise, you would have been kicked out. And if you got kicked out, you would have died. So feeling left out, feeling rejected still feels like death to us. And now social media is really exploiting that by making us feel like we need to do stuff. You know, as you know, you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. We, we rely on social media to, for people to know we exist. We rely on social media to know for people to know that, oh, we have a new episode out or I have a new book out. But what we're doing is we're building these castles in somebody else's sandbox. And at any moment, they can take it away, you know, and we're we're still doing all the work to build that up, knowing that we don't even own this. But then we're like, there's this idea of being left out. There's this idea of not mattering. And then also we have these, you know, it's almost middle school, too, because it's just like we get these subtle signs. You know, you post three pictures, you know, you post a picture with uh, a child, you post a picture uh, with a sports car, then you post a picture in a bikini, and then you know the 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 social media tells you which one they like the most. It's always going to be the bikini pic. <laughs> yeah, and then you subtly, and and if you're floating through life, uh, you know, um, subconsciously you're not living in, in in awareness, then that subconsciously nudges you in a direction to take. So more then you start pics. thinking, okay, I have value only for my body and when I show it. So let me show it because then I feel valuable and then I feel like I matter and then I feel happy. Yeah. <laughs> then I feel happy for making people like me. And I've been yeah. I've been it's been valid I've been um I yeah, I get the confirmation that I'm enough, that I matter. But I'm only enough if I matter if I'm showing enough of my body. So let me just make sure I keep doing that. And it's also I have to I have to, you know, and then even if I did it and then let's say you, you did it and the picture went viral. Now you're chasing. Now you got to live up to it. Yeah. And you got to recreate that virality which has, and again, and this has nothing to do with people. This has everything to do with algorithms. You know, this is everything, you know, this stuff. But But we, as the ego beings that we are, want that worth and we want people to love us. We want that kind of love, not the real kind of love, which you write about in your book, how to be Mm -hmm. loved. But it's like, so then it's like when you're so caught up in this 3D experience and this ego experience and this like needing the validation, then you lose your actual soul of who, why we came here and what we're trying to accomplish. And well, yeah, you're, you're adding more, you're adding more clutter to your life, but focusing on, and as I said, I think most of us are, are floating through life without any level of awareness. Um, and, and again, that in itself, I think awareness is a privilege. I think. We had to have certain experiences to, to again, pop some of our bubbles for us before we start realizing, like, wait a minute, there's endless bubbles. I'm and really starting to believe in past lives, too. Like, it's, I've kind of, do you believe in past lives? I, I do. 
um, I'm, I grew up in a, in a philosophy that speaks of, of, of past lives. Um, you had said something earlier before we started recording about being on your last life. There's a story called The Egg. Have you read The Egg? I think you should you should read it. I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, it is the most unique, interesting perspective on uh, reincarnation I've read. And I, and I think it'll resonate with you. Okay. Yeah. So it's not so even the even the even the reincarnation that like my mom taught me about growing up, um, you know, there's this many lives and you gotta go from being the snail to the rock to the tree to the whatever to become a human and not you have an opportunity to liberate yourself from all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh that's Eastern philosophy and I think it's cool. Um the egg, I'm not sure who wrote it, but it's just it's it's a it's a, it's a really it's a short story and it's just beautifully written. Um you can find it on you can just Google the egg and um or I'll send it to you after this. And it's it's just a great story I don't want to give away. And your listeners can look it up as well. Um, but it's a great perspective that kind of gave me a little bit more peace when it came to this concept of reincarnation um, and existence in itself and, you know, wh- who we are. Um, and, and there's some other really, because there's also now, um, um, th- there's a really interesting podcast series. And I think it's called... I'm not going to remember off the top of my head, but it's scientifically backed, uh, a scientific uh, exploration of consciousness and using science to back the concept of consciousness. That's cool. That's so cool. Um, yeah. And really kind of the, the big theory with that is saying, you know, we're, we're, we are not, you know, to use the analogy of phones, we're not the phones, we're the, we're the, uh, we're the operating system. Um, and we exist in the cloud. So, you know, we, we, you know, we are, we are not our bodies. We are not our brains. We are not our minds. You know, we, we are, we are part of the cloud. Um, and, and I, I, I get that. So yeah. I had my grandfather, he was wildly smart and like read tons of biology biographies and like just such an interesting, educated, open-minded yet had very strong uh, walls as well, but like open-minded about life and it all, like not caught in a box of anything. They wanted to hear everyone's perspective. Yeah. And he died. And then when he died, he came to me in a dream, like right after he died. And he didn't really believe in an afterlife. He didn't believe in an afterlife, actually. Yeah. And so I always thought that was so fascinating because he was so brilliant. And um he came to me in this dream and he basically said, it was so vivid. I've never had a dream like this in my life. And he said, when you die, you don't you go to this next realm just like right up it's not because i what i'm starting to come up in my own little world and i am this is me just from my own journey what i've pieced together in my own world about it all it takes a lot of energy to become a physical being like you have to put a lot of energy into becoming a physical being like in maintaining that energy together and holding it together and so when you die you kind of just from my this is just what i'm gathering from my own interpretation with my especially with my grandfather in the stream you kind of you die you still have that energy together but it's just lifted and you still have all of your awareness of what happened in your life but it's like he was saying basically your life is just playing like a movie and you're seeing everything you've done good bad it's not you're not in trouble there is no hell it's not like you're like punished for anything you've done but you have to see everything you've done because that's part of what you were doing in this life, this earth school, this this life that you had was to go get these experiences. And we're trying to get elevated. We're trying to learn how to, what our goal is, is we're trying to learn how to live in love in earth uh, on this as, as conscious physical beings. And this is like as much as we've progressed so far as w- right here. So we're having to learn and we are the experiment. And so you gather and each time you come back, you get more enlightened because you go back up that next layer up and you look at your life, you assess it, you get that download of information of actually, yes, this is pleasurable, but this is not beneficial for an elevated soul. Or yes, this could give me a lot of money. And this is like understanding what a greed is or something, but to have greed in this way is not beneficial for an elevated soul. It's like you get this chance to see all the, the, the the sins the seven whatever the seven deadly sins like you get to see them play out and then you get to make a better decision the next time you come back and so that is kind of what i am like imagining it to be like and i that's just my own experience from what i've gathered but having him say that was so like it just took some of the fear away because it's like we're just coming back here as many times until we until it clicks like 
until we clear our karma, until we clear our karma and we don't have all this, like we're not pulled in these, in the depths of the, these darkness because we have under, we understand now finally enough how to live in love and how to not only love ourselves, but how to love others. And that is how we get to that elevated state. Did any of that make sense? I went off on a rampage. Yeah, no, no, it does. So for me, it's always interesting. So again, I grew up in Eastern philosophy, like even though I was born in, in Toronto, Canada, uh, you know, my my parents raised me sick, S-I-K-H, which means student. And Eastern philosophy, you know, I, if you take major spiritual beliefs, you have Eastern and Western philosophy. Western philosophy would be like your Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Uh, Eastern philosophy would be like your, your Buddhism, your Hinduism, Sikhi, uh, um, um, you know, uh, Baha'is and, and and everybody on the East. And, and and the key difference that I realized was is with the Western philosophies, it's just like a straight line, right? There's a beginning, middle, and end. Do this, do this, do this. At the end, we decide heaven, hell, uh, reward, punishment, whatever. And what you also realize is a lot of the Western um, theologies also um, are related to empires. So like they they ruled over large groups of people and theologies by themselves start to get interpreted into the laws and the rules. Now, you know, my people, we're, we represent 2% of India. So we're, we're minorities in India. I'm, I've grown up in a world where I'm a minority anywhere I am. There's no safe space for, uh, for me, but that's in our culture. That's something that we embrace. So we've never had our theologies and beliefs turned into government. We've never had it turned into law. We've never had that. You've which, always been on the outside. You've always, always been on the outside. Yeah. You but believe the, it because you believe it and you hang on to those beliefs. And also, I don't. I don't have homog. Like, there's no homogenous societies. There's no world where everyone looks, acts, and believes like me. Where I can just fall into a comfort zone. Uh, maybe other than the state of Punjab, but Punjab in itself, you know, there's the representation of different faiths is all there as well. Um, and what what you realize is, so now Eastern philosophy is becoming really popular in the West, right? Um, on a on a low level, that's eating turmeric and doing yoga, right? On a high level, what it is, is I think it's it's really getting people to stop thinking about this line and think about a circle, think about the cycle, you know? So that's what we're talking about, and which, in my opinion, makes just makes more sense because everything is already in a cycle. Your seasons are in a cycle. Um, you know, a woman's has a menstrual cycle. Everything is a cycle, you know? Mm -hmm. at, the at, moon sometimes. cycle, like with the full the moon, moon cycle, cycle, everything. Yeah, sometimes I think about if I eat the wrong food, you know, even having an upset stomach, it comes in a cycle. It's not, you know, I have an upset stomach. I use the bathroom and I'm good. It's a cycle. And so everything works in a cycle. So I think, you know, understanding this, uh, you know, the this, this spiritual frequency also has that. And it's really interesting because when you meet people who didn't grow up with it, um, exp exploring it, there's a beauty to it because it, it can also get weaponized for negative. You know, my mother was raised in a world where it was weaponized because a lot of um, institutionalized religion and theology ends up being used in a way to just convince people who don't have that that's okay. Like you don't have money. That's okay. God wanted it that way. Don't do anything to better your life. And also don't do anything to explore the inequities of the world. You know, and in India, there's a system called the karma system. So I'm not a fan of karma for that purpose, because here, when we talk about karma, we, we it's, it's very light. We're like, oh, my actions are my karma over there because it's been there for hundreds of years. People believe where they are is because of their karma. Wait, they believe, OK, so like where they are in life. Yeah. So and, and where everybody else is, is because of their karma. So if they see a starving child on the street they believe that's their karma it, like from past lives yeah like that kid's supposed to be there because that's his karma he must have been a dickhead in, in a previous life which to me you know um i'm supposed to be rich i'm supposed to be famous that other person's is supposed to be a, a street merchant and then everybody from the from 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 all aspects of that that social ladder believe that they are where they are and the only way to climb the ladder is to be the best version of that and they'll get the reward in the next life, which I think is extremely exploitive because people who have a lot and people who have a little is not a result of karma. That's a result of corruption, financial illiteracy. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's a social system that's put into place. That's 
people hoarding, you know, it's, it's the same way we believe uh, Western society kind of believes in royalty, you know, like we're like, oh, there's a royal family. You're like, why is this person a queen? Why is that person a king? Why do these people get to be rich for the sake of just being rich? Why does their family have all this wealth? Where did it come from? Well, it came from their empire stealing it from everywhere else. And that's acceptable, you know? And then now it just becomes a, a normal thing. But we don't think think to ourselves, like, where do those jewels from the crown come from? They came from right. other parts of the world. They were taken. They were stolen. And the karma system gets very dangerous because it has that element to it. And it's and it's very it's very difficult to articulate until you actually go to India and you see it, because people who are on the lowest ends of the social ladder, the people who don't have the most, they also believe they're supposed to be there. They do, and, and it's and it's a heartbreaking thing to see, because it's so like they're you're not, not trying to get out of it. Social mobility isn't is is, is, is social mo. They're for the for the least educated social mobility is be the best version of this and we'll we'll reward you in the next life are you still searching for your perfect place to call home well now is the time to buy at fisher homes if you're looking to move in before the end of 2024 may could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end if you're hoping to move in even sooner fisher homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you where you can start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And I've been to parts, not even just India. I've been to, so I've been to Bali, for example. Bali, and a lot of this is, is, is in, so, um, and again, this isn't a, a criticism of, of, of the Hindu theology. It's, it's more of what it's morphed into. So Bali, which is uh, an island in Indonesia, uh, Indonesia is is a heavy Muslim country, but Bali is is the tourist area, and that's heavy that's heavily Hindu. Um, and then you meet people there, and I remember, you know, the, all the people on that island because it's a beautiful place. Their 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 belief is you know be very hospitable to tourists um, and let these tourists understand that this is heaven on earth. Like this place is beautiful. And I remember speaking to somebody who who works there and being like, well, so you live in this beautiful island. Have you ever dreamed of going anywhere else yourself? Like, do you want to travel? And he's like, yeah, I want to go to London. And I was like, so like, do you have plans to go? He goes, well, not in this life. He goes, all my money has to go to the temple. He goes, and if I give them enough money, maybe in my next life, they'll let me go to London. You know, so for me, so you're saying like the the idea of it has kind of just gotten like anything else into institutionalized, and once it gets involved in the bigger grip of it, kind of is is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, it it, it becomes exploitive. Yeah, but that so, isn't that anything when it becomes super like institutionalized. It is, it is. and but and I guess I guess the way is that I, the right I word? It. Institutionalized probably is not the right word. Institutionalized, um, you know, or just ex- I think exploited could be the word too. But I think what it is is just seeing w- what happens when it goes too far, while at the same time, okay, I, on I this side you. of the yeah, on this side of the ocean, seeing it in its infancy, 
So, you know, this side of the ocean is like, you know what? I cut somebody off on the highway. So then a bird pooped on my car. That's my karma. And it's something light and fun. But like, you know, the the more we start using that, it's language, heavy, heavy, heavy. It's leading, it's leading okay. the other way. You know? Okay, okay. So you're just you're saying you understand it, but but okay, yes, yes. But this is the problem with it all, with anything, is once it gets in the hands of man and it gets taken and interpreted by individuals, then it loses like but it's like, where did it come from anyway? Because man had to interpret it to begin with. And, you know, we all had to come up with this collective way to speak and communicate with each other. Man, I could fly off the rails with you and just talk into the ether. Yeah, about but, everything. And, and I think there's a beauty <laughs> to that, too. So it, it would be the Bhagavad Gita, which is which is the actual the, the, the written work that sorry, explore, explores it. And, it. and it becomes really interesting because what they have is they have, you know, concepts of Dharma and they have concepts of like, I think they, they group people by five different categories. Right. And I think the goal of grouping people by categories wasn't to say like, oh, you are of this group and this is what you're destined to it's be. It's just to I think give you a guide so you know what to work as, with. As a guide and also like, you know how we might say, and, and we do it here too. Like, you know, we will say I'm an introvert, I'm an extrovert, or we'll say uh, the love languages or, or whatever. We, we always, humans love making teams and then, oh, or Zodiacs. You know, like, oh, yeah, I'm we need to belong. We need to understand our group. We need group. to belong. And then what we end up doing is we, we end up creating cages because of the groups that we create, mm. you know. And I think whereas um, the original, I think what the original purpose was like, hey, like you're, you're, if you have this type of personality, go out and do service. If you have this type of personality, go sit in the forest and meditate. If you have this type of personality, go and, and write in a journal and make your it was, thoughts. It was there away. to help you to accentuate yeah. your natural like state of being in, in your soul. But it's, now we've, exactly. we've decided that this is how we identify. And we're, and, and I think for me, it's really important to always point that stuff out because that's step one to a, it, it allows us to be easier on ourselves. Like, as I said, like people say, Oh, I'm a people pleaser and they beat themselves up for it. But he was like, look, here's the historical context. Why we're people pleasers. Cause it's a survival method. It doesn't apply anymore. Being a people pleaser doesn't help you survive anymore because um, we live in larger societies. And being if your entire friends group kicks you out, you don't die. You know, you can just you can move three blocks away and never see them again. Um, but it's important to understand that this is still software in us. You know, mm. th this is who we are and be aware of it because you're going to always still want to people please. There's, yeah. there's no antidote to that. But going easy on yourself for wanting to do it is the first step to self-love. So what is love after your journey? And then what blocked you from being able to have love with your past relationship? What it, what was your conclusion? Lo love isn't getting everything. Love is not wanting anything. Right? Love is love is love is being good with where you're at. And what I realized is my lack, my inability to be vulnerable with myself and enjoy my own company. So just very quickly, as I said. The same ways to establish a connection of love with you, I can do that with myself. I can be vulnerable with myself. How? I can journal, right? Go deep with myself, explore that. Easiest ways to quickly journal, pick pick a, an event that made you feel something, write about the event, beginning, middle, and end. Write about all your feelings around that event, then write about all your thoughts around that feeling. An easy way to journal, three okay. easy prompts. Dance, dancing, dancing by yourself, Feel your body is a level of intimacy. Intimacy still is another form of vulnerability. Dance with yourself. Pray. Doesn't matter what your religious beliefs are. Prayer is the authentic moment that you are asking for something you actually want. Prayer is an authentic moment that you are saying thank you, the things that you're actually saying thank you for. Um, look at yourself in the mirror naked. Look at yourself and say thank you. Instead of looking at yourself critically, say thank you to the body that's been with you since day zero. Prioritize your self-respect over your self-esteem. Self-esteem is how other people view you. Self-respect is how you view yourself. The best way to increase your self-respect is just by doing hard things. Mm. Here is your compass. Do hard things. Keep your own promises to yourself. Mm. Keep your commitments to yourself. If you want to fall in love with anybody's potential, it should be your own. Mm. You know, so these are things. Building the stronger relationship with you will allow you to build a stronger relationship with everybody else. Be easy on yourself. You're not meant to be perfect. In the book I mentioned, there's a five-minute video of Beyonce falling off stage and messing up her performances. Watch the video on YouTube and see if that changes your opinion of her. You're still going to love her after watching that video. 
because you just saw her be vulnerable and that makes you love her even more. It's oh, okay yeah. not to be perfect. Chase progress, but not perfection. So these in themselves are just a handful of things that you can do for yourself. Then, then you can later do with other people to establish a deeper sense of love and realize love is service. Love is a verb. It's an action. It's not a prize. It's not, it's not what's waiting for you behind door number three or at the end of a rainbow. Love is, love is the actions. So that's why instead, in order to experience love, you have to be love, share love. You don't lose love by giving it away. Give mm. it away and it's a gift. It's not a loan. Just give it away. And, and the more love you give away, the more you'll realize. That's amazing. Okay, last question I always end with. Leave your light. What do you want people to know? I want people to know that the most important thing in their personal lives should be self-awareness. If I were to... If I were able to shove a religious belief down people's throats, it would be the the belief that paying attention to your own patterns and paying attention to how you operate and how you interact with the world, self-awareness is the most important thing to liberate you from all the things that make life hard. Amazing. Humble, you are incredible. Humble the Poet, new book, How to, how to Be Loved is out. Y'all get it. This conversation was so great. I could literally talk to you just forever about everything. I love your mind and all of your thoughts on everything. And thank you for doing this intense deep dive case study on love and reporting back to us your findings with this book. This is amazing. This is such a great conversation and I'm so glad to know you and I will see you out there. Pleasure. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.